Welcome to session eight. At this point in our course, I would like to raise an issue which is of incredible importance, and that is the subject of talking joint davening. The Balatanya makes scathing remarks about this matter and insists that there must be no talking from the very first Kaddish until after the last one. Unfortunately, many Kahilas, the attraction of social intercourse has become so powerful and irresistible that not only can these distracted souls not concentrate on their own tefillah, but they disturb others and create a totally inappropriate atmosphere in shul. One way to deal with this issue is through education, to provide tools and stimulating content to help people develop a serious, focused approach to tefillah, where talking would be out of the question. Yes, focused, because even learning texts designed with content to inspire contemplation will not help if one has not the willingness and capacity to find one's focus. Additionally, shul leaders must take this matter very seriously and be prepared in a pleasant manner, but with a zero-tolerance attitude to do all they can to promote an atmosphere of decorum throughout the whole service. So let's get back now to our journey up the ladder connecting us with Hashem. And the first question we have to ask ourselves is, who is the I who is making this connection? In fact, we have three identities, and these three identities interact with each other, sometimes in a supporting and sometimes even in an interfering pose. And nevertheless, each one has its vital individual role in actually bringing our whole being into a closer connection with Hashem. Let's start with number one, the one we're most familiar with, since it is concerned with our very survival and self-preservation. It's called the Nefesh Abahamis, the animalistic soul, and it behaves in a similar way to its description. It needs to eat and drink and sleep and procreate and to stay alive. It's impulsive and indulgent and possibly the best comprehensive adjective to describe it is that it is self-centred. Dominated by emotion, its values and ideals are dictated by what it can personally gain. A whole string of negative emotions derive from it. It can be arrogant and angry. It craves physical and sensual pleasures. It can enjoy putting other people down and putting itself on a pedestal. It can be gloomy and lazy, sad and depressed. But in spite of all that, it would be a serious mistake to describe it as intrinsically negative or bad, even though the Yetzahara, our evil inclination, is indeed one part of it. However, in no way are they the same entity as many people mistakenly might think. On the contrary, for in spite of its self-centred nature, and in fact because of that nature, this animalistic soul, when carefully guided, can harness and utilise its own exclusive powers and energies in making a unique contribution to a person's connection with Hashem. The second identity is our Nefesh Elokis, our holy soul. It has a pure appreciation and a constant attraction and attachment to Hashem and seeks to diffuse that consciousness outside of itself. This holy soul's activity can, however, be overshadowed when it shares the same room with its opposite, the self-indulgent animal soul, as is the case once the soul enters the human body. But in the correct fertile circumstances, even the animal soul can take this holy soul to a higher place than it had ever been before. Later we will be looking at how the mechanics of this interrelationship between these two souls is acted out joined to filler. 
And next we come to our third identity, the collective Jewish soul to which we all belong and is the source of all Jewish neshamas. It is also referred to as Knesset Yisrael, Shekhinah and Malchus. And this is where we are going to start our contemplation today, by seeing the function of this collective soul and its contribution to our journey. As an introduction, we should explain that during davening, in the line of our ascent up to higher and higher levels of godliness, there are two stages. The first being our identification and unifying with the source of all Jewish souls, the collective Jewish soul. And then a second time, when that collective Jewish soul itself unites with its source. Now, neither of these two processes can, can take place unless we individuals feel love and unity with every other Jewish neshama and realize that we are all limbs, as it were, of one spiritual body, each limb requiring all the others in order to function properly. Hence the well-known teaching of the famous Kabbalist Rabbi Yitzchot Loria, the Holy Arizal, that before davening in the morning, each of us should accept upon himself the positive commandment to love one's fellow Jew as oneself. Overlooking the aspects of other people's lifestyle or behaviour which disturb us and showing them the love we would feel, for instance, towards a very close member of our family. And the very fact that we need to daven with a minion itself expresses the vital communal nature of our tefillah, as do the plural words of the Amida, Slach Lornu, forgive us, Refoeinu, give us health, because we are not davening just for ourselves but also for the whole Jewish people. If this whole perception is missing, not only does this cause a pagam, a blemish in our neshama, but also it causes a blemish in the collective Jewish soul. Like in the case of a father who has children who do not get on well with each other. Not only are the children lacking, but the father himself suffers from this disunity. Beyond our consciousness, our nefesh kiss, our holy soul, is constantly in a state of yearning to get back to its source, the collective Jewish soul, and constantly singing and offering praises to Hashem. And our task in davening is to tune in, listen in, and join in with that song of our neshama. We don't have to create this song, we just have to expose it. However, as we have just said, our inability to unite ourselves with every Jewish soul will prevent that connection. There's a very interesting comment about davening in Gemara Brochers from which the Zohar derives the importance of making this connection. Make your ears hear what you cause to leave your mouth. The comment seems to have a superfluous word, ato, you. It could have simply said, Make your ears hear what leaves your mouth without the word you. The reason for its inclusion is that the you refers to the Jewish collective soul and it's telling us we should tune in to what that collective soul is saying. But that's only part of the journey. For the more sublime connection is the second ascent, which is hinted at in that rather mystifying set of words which many have the custom to say before performing mitzvahs and also towards the beginning of our morning tefillah. For the sake of the union of Kutshaburichu with his Shekhinah. Which is actually a request that the actual 
collective soul itself, which is one element of the Shrina, should be united with Hashem. Now what does this mean? The two terms Shekhinah and Kudshu are two ways Hashem expresses himself. The Shekhinah or Malchus, as it is called, is the name given to Hashem's light after it descends into creation to give each world, spiritual or physical, its individual life and each created being its individual energy. Whereas Kudshu refers to Hashem's light which transcends worlds and how he is on his own pure terms, not adapting himself in any way to worlds. Now this act of the Shekhinah in giving life to the worlds below involves its distancing and separation from its spiritual source, Kudshu Therefore, it also is constantly yearning to get back to its source. In Hasidic language, this is called the Song of Malchus, and this is a second song we should be aware of in order to merge up with. But not only that, in the very first words of the Amida, we actually request Malchus itself to put that song into our mouths when we say the words, Hashem, Sefusai Tiftach, Ufiyagid Tehelosecho. Hashem, open up my lips so my mouth can tell your praises. The word for Hashem here is written Aleph. Dalad, Nun and Yod, and stands for Malchus. And Tehelosechor should be translated not as praises of you, but instead the way you, Malchus, make your praises. So the deeper translation will read, Malchus, open up my lips so my mouth can join in with your songs of praise. In fact, when we look in more detail at the Peshat translation of the four capitulach of Tehillim following Ashrei in Pazuki de Zimra, we can identify a similar merging of our personal tefillah with a larger universal song. The chapters begin with the one voice of our individual neshama, Halali Nafshi Es Hashem, May My Soul Praise Hashem, expressing one's individual message of trust, happiness and hope. The following capital reads, Ki toiv lelo nu, Sing to our God, for he is good. And then in the following Tehillim, more and more voices of the rest of creation join in to praise Hashem, accompanied by a whole orchestra of musical instruments. And so our voice becomes part of a beautiful choir and symphony. It's no wonder that Pazuki de Zimra is also called the Song of Creation. To summarise the slightly more complicated content of today's session, we should bear in mind that during Outer Filler, two songs are actually being sung behind the scenes. Number one, the song of our individual neshama, and number two, the song of Malchus. We should do our utmost to remove the obstacles which prevent us from riding on the sound waves of these songs by strengthening our awareness of the nature of our identification with the collective Jewish soul.